night When the rescue team finds us It's gonna get so dark for you I'm gonna leave a mark on you Hello and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest This is episode 111 And we've got a stacked show this time out We're gonna have a review of the latest film from Luca Guadagnino Bones and All, starring Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell. Should be fun. And we're also going to be doing another draft, the second draft in the Digest Film League draft series. We're going to be drafting films from the Sight and Sound Top 100 poll that just came out a week or two ago. So should be fun. It's going to be crazy. Let me get into it by introducing my co-host, Travis. Welcome to the show. Hello, Matthew. And joining us for this draft and review, the lovely Paris. Welcome to the show. What's up? Hey, guys. I am here. Cool. All right. I've got a killer icebreaker question for you guys. Are you ready? Sure. So ready. Now, to commemorate the featured review, Bones and All, uh, which is a film about cannibals, uh, if you were in a situation where you either had to or wanted to uh, dig in, shall we say, uh, what cut what cut of human beef are you starting with? Oh, my God. Easy. The butt. The butt? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. just fat, though. No, it's like pork butt. You know, it's like got that fatty layer cooked down real nice and low. And the only reason I had such a quick Paris answer Paris has is thought not... about this before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was too quick. <laughs> Uh, it was quick because not because I've like actively wanted to be a cannibal, but I have thought about it before because of the uh, Chuck Palahniuk anthology, Haunted. Have either of y'all read or heard of that? No. Well, I've heard of it, but it's, no, I've not read it. No. Yeah, it's great. And without giving any real spoilers, uh, there is some cannibalism in it. And they do eat someone's butt like bacon. And it sounded delicious. Now, here's the thing, though. This may change your answer. I'm not talking like, you know, I'm going to grab a slice, throw it on the hot plate and fry it up. I'm talking like you're going in with your teeth on a raw body. Then nothing. Is your answer still nothing. Butt? No, the answer is nothing. I the, I we, we'll we'll get into it later, but I think the we fact <laughs> that you're a cannibal is fine, but eating meat raw gross. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not, we're not talking fine. about the <laughs> raw meat yuck. <laughs> no, obviously, I know the health concerns. Yeah, like not whatever, to yuck but... anyone else's yum, but I think, like, unless that meat is hot and fresh out the kitchen, like, no, thank you. So you'd rather die. You'd rather just starve to death. Mm. No cooking utensils. We're talking like you and Kurt stranded in the Alps. And Kurt dies first. You have no cooking supplies, no, no nothing. It's you versus death or getting some yummy Kurt yeah. in your belly. Where I would you bury his body in snow so at least it would be frozen because I think it would be more palatable frozen than just like room temp raw. Um, but yeah, I think then like some fingers and toes for sure. I thought about biting a finger before. Fingers that's not that's toes. crossed my mind. Because supposedly there's like that like urban legend <laughs> rumor that like you can bite in your own finger and it's as easy as you can bite into a carrot, but like your brain stops you from doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. I have heard that. So. Okay. Well, I guess probably that would be easiest raw raw you're, dog. You're going with the digits, just bones, bones <laughs> and all, huh? All right. 
I would go digits, bones, and all. And then uh, if there was a cooking option, uh, definitely the butt. But. Sticking with that. Interesting. Okay. Travis, what about you? Uh, maybe an unpopular opinion, but I'm not eating anyone's ass. Sorry. Uh, I will go for. Can I specify the gender, please? <laughs> if you if you want oh, to, no. sure. Oh want, no, <laughs> Travis. I want a female thigh. Uh, oh, I thought you were gonna lop a titty. I thought you were going for titties. Going. Yeah, I immediately was like, oh no. <laughs> Uh, that's a close second. <laughs> it was either that or your bit was going to be, listen, I eat pussy and what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought both of those, just like a lady thigh is not too bad. Not a man's thigh, huh? No, if it had any hair on it, it would be just a deal breaker. <laughs> I'd rather die. <laughs> Travis, you know most women's thighs would have hair on it like... Yeah, one, but like at least less. A, a, if it's a day or two after they've shaved, okay. the chance is less. Mm. We're talking okay. like peach fuzz versus like yeah, long I black hair. A little fuzz. <laughs> My God, you guys! I don't. Know I, don't I just don't want to be digging into Sasquatch. You know, not interested. Sure. Okay. I feel like you're revealing more about your preferences than you maybe anticipated, but. Well, you know what? I wasn't prepared for this <laughs> hypothetical. <laughs> I completely was. I figured this would come up. I was very prepared. Oh, Paris knew. She thought she thought of nothing else over the last week. <laughs> Y'all, I saw this a while ago. <laughs> All right. Well, I would probably go with like a nice cut of calf meat. You know, not too fatty. Like muscly. Yeah, it's muscly, but it's like. I don't know. Like it, it's, I want to detach myself from the human aspect. So like, you know, eating lips would be weird. Eating like, I don't know. There's some. There's like something detached about just like someone's calf muscle that like as a starter meat, I think would be the way to go. And then if it's good, you know, then it's then it's all hands on deck. I'm getting in there everywhere I can, you know. But if not, then you know, maybe I die. But that's so where you're I'm just starting. gonna go at it like a turkey leg kind of. Well, you know, I mean, we're eating off the bone here. We're not. This is not a boneless wing situation. I mean, you're you're just like the movie. You're you're getting in there <laughs> yeah. with your teeth off the off the body. Are you, are you a like, drum like, or flat kind of? <laughs> <laughs> mm, good question. Good question. Also, have y'all seen those videos where they pull the bone straight out? Would you try oh, yeah. to do that to get you a little? Tendy, a little buffalo situation. How do you even get in there, though? Like, I'm assuming a situation where you don't have any With tools your mouth, to help you. you. Fucking, yeah, what? but you got to get in. Like, you got to bite through the stuff to like. I mean, if we're talking direct from the movie Raw Dog and no heating utensils, they do not. They use their mouths. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know. But they go for the bellies. Like, uh, I, I would not go belly. That's. Probably my You're biggest issue some, like, with the film. Digestive alert. stuff in there. Some off. What do they call it? Awful. When you get it from like it's like the liver and the fucking gallbladder and shit. Awful. O f f a l. No idea what you're talking no about. Idea. On animals. Sounds fancy. Um. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Top Chef. <laughs> <laughs> Killer. All right. Well, that was a fun icebreaker. Are we ready to move on to our uh, featured review? Let's do it. Oh, well, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to be talking Bones and All, new film from Luca Guadagnino. 
Uh, plot synopsis on this bad boy. Uh, I just had it. Here it is. Marin, a young woman, learns how to survive on the margins of society. Killer plot synopsis. Um, as I said at the top, directed by Luca Guadagnino, who uh, is adored around these parts. You would know him as the director of Call Me By Your Name, Suspiria remake. Did some other films before that as well. Was a big splash him or a bigger splash? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, I know people yep. like that movie. I never caught up with it, but anyway. it's all right. Our boy Luca's been on a tear. So this is uh this is the latest. The film stars pretty stacked cast. We've got uh Timothy Chalamet, Taylor Russell, Mark Rylance, uh Andre Holland. Who else we got in here? Michael Sulbarg, of course. There's some other people who pop up. Chloe Savigny makes some appearances. Um, oh yeah, let's get into it. Uh, does any takers for who wants to go first, or should I just dive right in? Uh, I'll go first. Oh yeah, let's hear it. What do you think? All right, so this was probably one of my more anticipated movies of the year, especially uh, given the way the years played out. Um, been somewhat of a disappointing year for me. I know there's some movies that people adore, but I don't know, for me, overall, the year's been kind of weak, so I'm hoping some of these later releases speak to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say Bones and All did mostly speak to me. Uh, liked it a lot. Um, where do I start? I did love the mood and atmosphere of it. Mm-hmm. I don't really like using this as a description, but it is a vibe. <laughs> and... Um, I did not watch a trailer for this. I avoided it somehow. And so I thought the opening sequence was pretty amazing because I was not expecting it. If you guys know what I'm talking about. I do. That would not have been spoiled by the by the trailers, though. Okay. I was also very into the opening sequence and uh, was surprised by it. Very cool. <laughs> um, I liked the how many like metaphors you can kind of draw from this it's a little vague but i think there is like a general through line you could go with just like uh, a movie about outsiders and just like trying to find your people uh really like that aspect of it but there's definitely some other like themes you could put onto the movie uh really liked the gore in the movie it was pretty sparse but really effective uh performances all around were great and uh, I'm a big fan of road movies and like being on the run and coming of age movies. So it's got all those genres mixed in with a couple others. Um, it did feel a little bit like a mix of his last two movies. I think Call Me By Your Name is still my favorite. And this would be a maybe not a close second, but it's definitely in second. Um, I like this one quite a bit more than Suspiria. I think Suspiria, well, we don't need to get into Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about Suspiria on this show. Yeah, that's we've true. gotten into Suspiria many <laughs> moons ago. Uh, that's it for general impressions. Sick. All right. Paris, would you like to go next or should I piggyback on that? Uh, why don't you go ahead? All right. Um, pretty similar uh, as far as initial reactions. I was also very hyped for it. 
huge uh, Call Me By Your Name fan, huge Asperia fan. So there was a lot of hype behind this one. And overall, I was satisfied. I don't know if it quite lived up to expectations, but maybe those are kind of unfair expectations just based on how much I loved his last two films. But I really love the look of it. I love the way it's filmed and how intimate everything is. I really like the performances for the most part. Um, Mark Rylance is simultaneously the most entertaining thing about the movie but he's also a little i don't know his performance is a little goofy or at least it felt a little out of place to me he's a character (laughs) yeah capital c (laughs) character for sure very interesting but i don't necessarily love how most of the like tension and conflict was just kind of derived from I don't want to be too specific but you know his his presence in the film is definitely felt as far as like there being like a uh, you, you know you never know what's going to happen next but that character is popping in and out of the film in in interesting ways so I wasn't always a huge fan of that I love the love story aspect of it and especially from the perspective of it being like a kind of a loss of innocence story which we've seen plenty of times but not necessarily done this way. However, it it did feel a little rushed to me like the movie takes its time in some aspects but then other aspects it feels a little a little rushed. Like I remember specifically there's a scene where Timothy Chalamet's character and Taylor Russell's character are like they're sitting somewhere and they're talking and she like has his hand on his lap and they're like very close together. And I don't know, like it, it struck me as like, Oh, okay. So we're already like, clearly there was some like chemistry and tension there, but it was just like all of a sudden it like just crossed into the realm of like romance. And then it just kind of escalates from there. Like, I don't know. It, it tried to cram a lot into a little with the love story aspect of it, but the climax of the film, uh, we won't get into it yet, but loved it. Love the buildup. Love what it says about the themes of the film. I love that it's a little vague, but I think you can, I think you can draw some pretty straight conclusions about what it's, what it's going for. But, uh, Overall, I liked it a lot. I just, um, it's probably my least favorite of the Call Me By Your Name, Suspiria, his his last run of three films. Probably my least favorite of the three. But still a great movie. All right, Paris. Let's hear it. What did you think? Well, maybe did not. Loser? <laughs> um, no, she just texted us. All right, oh, okay. well, well, we'll circle back to that. Um, well, we'll circle back to her general impressions. Um, I guess let's start with, I don't know. Where do you want to start, Travis? You want to start with uh, the performances? Did you want to start with um, like the overall kind of pacing and the plot? Like where where would, where do you think we need to dig well, in first? Well, I'm going to lean on you for plot specifics because you saw it most recently. I saw it like <laughs> 10 days ago or so. Sure, a little bit of separation. But I would agree with you that while it was 
a somewhat long movie. I wasn't necessarily bored or felt it was too long, but I do agree that some parts of it maybe felt rushed. Um, so maybe there is a bit of a pacing issue with it, but I think, but I didn't really have an issue with the pacing while watching it. Cause I think I was just kind of caught up with what it was going for. Mm. And yeah, I did really like the performances and like the, the main relationship. And I think that helps carry the movie. But yeah, it could have maybe been a little bit f- more fleshed out in some areas. I did appreciate how the movie creates like its own world and doesn't do like too much exposition dumping or anything like that. Like you, you kind of just like pick up like the rules or whatever that are being established uh, somewhat organically. And I, yeah, I don't really feel like it like over explains anything in this world, which I appreciated. Oh, for sure. I think that's one of the things I appreciate the most about the movie, actually, is just like the word, the world building aspect of it. Just like these concepts that are introduced that it doesn't linger on or feel the need to fully explain. Like the, like the concept of like being able to smell other eaters. Like that's that's a pretty mm-hmm. prevalent idea in like the world that is built here. And, you know, the main character, Marin, like, she has an, an awakening in a sense and is kind of out on her own and very quickly realizes that like there's kind of a whole world out there <laughs> that she didn't know existed. And it's pretty cool to see. And every you, you get to see different angles of it too, but everyone is, you know, like the plot synopsis suggests, kind of living on the fringes of society. So it's... Uh, like I could see some people being annoyed that there are some things that are posed that there's no resolution to or like, you know, like I, you could get too into the rules and maybe start to question things, but mm-hmm. never, never crossed my mind. And I, 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 for me, it was more about just building a mood and an atmosphere as opposed to like creating a, a rule set for the, the world. You know what I mean? Like this isn't one of those movies where I feel like I, it, it warrants like nitpicking that kind of stuff, but I know some other people don't feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we could talk about um, solely a bit, I guess. And um, some of the uh, maybe themes of the movie. I liked his character quite a bit and he is a little, over the top, I guess, and compared to the rest <laughs> of the movie. But I just like the contrast of like, because there's definitely like a, a divide between like the older generation and the younger generation. And I think the movie's trying to say something there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of liked how, I don't know. It's, it's his character's a little weird because he does seem like predatory, but then you also like feel for him a bit too. And he, does seem to like come off as like someone who is just like maybe forgotten and is looking for someone or something to like uh glean onto but like society is kind of like you know made him an outcast and he's somewhat like discarded which i think is like could be a metaphor for multiple things but um yeah i i like the contrast of like the younger generation new or older generation and just how they played with that in the movie well what's interesting about sully's character is that 
at least in the first half of the film or so, I do think it's playing with the idea of like, okay, is this guy a creep? Is he actually a nice guy? Are his intentions good? And like, you're constantly questioning that. But I think ultimately he kind of serves as a stand in for like a very specific type of, well, specifically male predator in the sense that he like kind of plays the nice guy card, but his intentions are rooted in like, you know, loneliness and a sense of like, why am I not good enough? Why don't people, specifically women, want to be around me? You know what I mean? Like that's a very specific kind of like almost incel Mm-hmm. vibe that I think that that character is going for. Well, and especially because he's so much older than her, I feel mm-hmm. like at first it sort of seems like he's like I'm going to fit into this father type role, mentor type role where I'm going to like help you and teach you and then she's icked out you know, for for good reason and mm-hmm. and it almost at the beginning before he you know is more sinister like obviously you get kind of bad vibes from him but it sort of feels like oh like maybe he was just he's just kind of a weirdo like they're all weirdos but maybe he's just kind of a weirdo and he didn't quite know how to interact with her and then you know obviously as the story goes on it becomes apparent that that's not the case that he is actually fucked up but I think it's that's also another way that it's like it's not just a nice guy like as a friend it's even more like gross and uh i don't even know what you call it like uh even worse that he's trying to fill that like father figure mentor role for her oh for sure well paris we haven't heard your uh, your general your general thoughts yet where uh, where did you land on this movie yeah, so I fucking love this movie, you guys. Um, I don't know if it was clear from our earlier conversation, but I'm very, like, the whole cannibalism thing is very interesting to me. And I think that, kind of going off what y'all were saying earlier, a couple things that really worked for me. The beauty of it all. The the performances, uh, really, of the two, of our two leads, um, really struck me. Um how the the romance really worked for me and i know matt earlier you were talking about how it it did it could feel a little rushed at some points and i kind of saw that kind of didn't because it sort of felt like that young love where everything feels really intense and important and it's actually all happening in a really short period of time on top of this kind of road trip americana movie there's like nostalgia for that time in like the 80s and it was just it's so much so many different genres going on that all came together for this really beautiful story for sure and i think the only other thing i've seen from the director is uh the suspiria remake i still have not seen call me by your name which at this point i know (laughs) i know it's because it's because it was so hyped up for so long that i was like i need to wait i need to like separate myself and then i just didn't i wasn't able to get around to it and then at this point in i i I want to still um honestly i think that is one movie that does live up to the hype though okay yeah i just can't see you being disappointed by it (laughs) but see that's the problem is 
I'm going to go in with really high expectations, right? Like, so it, it better at least meet them. And I feel like that's maybe not fair oh, it's like, as deliver. a viewer. Okay. <laughs> it's it's one of those movies that, like, at least my experience watching it just, like, absolutely destroyed me emotionally. Like, when I saw that movie, it was a pretty empty theater, but there was one other, like, woman, probably around my age, that was sitting in the same row as me. And, like, I'm not going to give any specifics because you haven't seen it. But, like, when the movie ends, I was, like, full-on sobbing, tears streaming down my face. And I look to my right and I see this woman in the exact same emotional state just, like, fucking blubbering. And I just, Did like... you guys hug? <laughs> we connected. We locked <laughs> eyes and it was, like, a, you know, I got you, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but it was, like, I think... That is something that felt a little lacking in this movie. Like, not to say that I didn't like the love story or I didn't think it was genuine, but, like, it kind of, for me anyway, kind of lacks the, like, emotional, like, wallop that Call Me By Your... Like, I'm not saying it has to have that, but I just yeah, felt a little underwhelmed. To compare, <laughs> to compare it to that movie. I know it's not fair, but I, like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'm I'm the I'm the cry guy. Like, I didn't... I didn't get emotional watching this movie or like feeling particularly moved by their story. I don't really feel like that's. Yeah. I don't really feel like that's the point though, Matt. Like it, it doesn't seem like a movie that you should be crying at. Oh, I know it's not. You know what I mean? So like the fact that you didn't get that like deep, cry boy vibe or whatever like that i don't think that (laughs) like i don't think that's a fair thing to measure the film against well no i'm not saying that that's what the movie was going for i more so just mean that like that's always what you just wasn't as impactful exactly no exactly what travis just said it just wasn't as impactful as i was maybe hoping it would be you know what I mean? Compared like it to call me by your name. Well, I mean, I'm making that comparison. That's not why it didn't have that impact on me. I'm more so just saying, like, I mean, I'm going to play my cards a little early. I I rated the movie a four and a half, and the reason why it's not a five for me, Whoa, for the most part, spoilers. for the most part, is because I didn't have that like, it didn't pack that punch that I was maybe hoping it would. Like, I think it's a great movie, and I love what it's doing and the themes, but I just like, I don't know, something about it just didn't click. I I would agree with you, Matt. I think if there's one aspect of the movie that's lacking a bit, it is that. Not that it didn't handle it well. It's just like, if there was just a little bit more of that, it could have really sang. Right. I see what you're saying. Like, there's a little bit, a lack of emotional depth there. I, I I definitely understand where you guys are coming from. And I don't necessarily disagree with it. I just feel like the movie felt whole and 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 perfect to me even without that. Yeah. I don't think it needed it. That's fair. Yeah. I um I don't know. I can't quite pinpoint what it is about the movie that was that I felt was missing, but the whole way through I was just I was just like waiting for like something to blow me away and it just never never quite reached that mark and i do think it's probably a, a little bit of unfair expectation just because i loved his last two movies so much and i was just like waiting for something to blow me away so you know maybe that's not that it's not a criticism per se it just didn't resonate with me the same way that his other films 
did. And I know like reception to this movie has been a little, you know, it hasn't been all amazing. Mixed for sure. Yeah. I mean, generally positive, but you know, it it hasn't been as, you know, it's not like this universally lauded, like amazing. People aren't claiming it's movie of the year. Right. Right. You're not seeing like a whole bunch of praise and Oscar buzz and then the backlash. Well, specifically in Call Me By Your Name's case. So, you know, there's like the huge wave of critical and audience support and then the backlash. And of then like, they're like, wait, Army Hammer. Oh, child grooming <laughs> and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, like that's... No, the wait Army Hammer didn't come for... That's more, way more recent. Like, that's another reason why I'm like, should I go into Call Me By Your... Like, I'm, I'm going to put that aside probably, but I think that's also what stopped me more recently is like, I don't really want to support this fucking guy, but like... That's not the movie's fault, right? Yeah, and he, he already cashed the checks, you know, so. Come on, you know. we watched <laughs> Rosemary's Baby this year. It's fine. Yeah. And I also, you know, had some things with that, too. And that was assigned to me. If one of you guys assigned <laughs> me to watch Call Me By Your Name, I would watch it. I always watch what I'm assigned. It's just, you know, recreationally, I haven't quite done it. You got to get in there. Fair enough. You got to get in there, Paris. It's huge. All right. Uh, um, if we want to pivot from uh, that topic, uh, we could go back to the world building a bit. I was going to ask you guys, and maybe this is better for spoilers, but do we like how the whole bones and all thing was handled in the film? Loved it. One of no. my favorite things. <gasps> what? <laughs> no. Says the Wait, fucking what? Love yeah. It. <laughs> The one who loved it. No. Hated okay, bones maybe maybe I don't understand. Can you clarify and maybe well, speak to what you loved about it? Oh. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, me. All right. Well, I'm well, gonna no, try and talk Travis, about it. can you clarify and then maybe both of you can oh, speak well, to what you loved on it? I, I mainly just brought it up for discussion, but just the the whole I guess idea of it. Because there's a, someone says it in the movie and it means something and then I feel like it does kind of pay off in the end a little bit, but that could be unsatisfying to some people, the way it's handled near the end. Mm. Me, I'm one of those people. That's so interesting. That's probably one of the few things I do not like about the movie is that little line there. So I'm curious, Matt. Loved it. That's literally my favorite thing about the movie, I think. and I I think it is a great title for the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, so great title for sure. So I th- I think a big a big theme of the film is loss of innocence. So I mean I I don't necessarily want to do like a full on spoiler thing. So I'm I'm gonna uh, this might be a little spoilery. So if you if you're really sensitive and you plan on seeing it, you really don't want anything spoiled. Like skip ahead, check the show notes, and move move past the review because I think we're we are wrapping up at this point. But so that the concept of bones and all is introduced like what probably about halfway through the film they have that like mm-hmm. uh, throughout that campfire with the uh, michael stuhlbarg's character which is like right i know you haven't seen call me by your name paris but it's like kind of an interesting like inversion of a monologue that that actor who in that movie plays timothy chalamet's dad it's kind of an interesting inversion of that monologue like they're very similar thematically but they're kind of opposites of one another but anyway this concept of like Basically, you're, you know, you're a cannibal, but 
bones and all is like the, like there's a before bones and all and an after bones and all like once you've like consumed an entire corpse of bones and all like that is like a turning point and for me that like that that obviously represents a loss of innocence but in the context of the end of the movie i love that what it's going for is like you know it's like it's it's a form of intimacy and like and young love and then just like total like the concept of just like you know how deeply in love they are with one another that he just like wants to be like completely and utterly consumed by her like there's a beauty to that concept that i like if i was gonna say i was moved by anything that is what i would say i was moved by the concept yeah it's almost like they become a part of you if you you know if you go bones and all in, right in the love sense but then there's also there's also the flip side of that where it's like that does represent a turning point where it's like mm-hmm. once once she does do that like it's going to change her once life. you go bones and all right <laughs> <laughs> but you know the like him it being him and like the you know the idea of like it being a form of intimacy and passion like I love that aspect of it. But you can also look at it from the addiction angle, you know, like like once you do that, there's no turning back here and your your life is going to be consumed by this. So it's like I don't know, there's a lot of layers to it, but Yeah. I mean I really like the interpretation of like that level of intimacy is is kind of where they've come to in their relationship that he would be willing to give everything to him he wants to belong to her so completely even in death he wants to be a part of her in that way and that she would want to consume him wholly you know metaphorically and literally speaking i love all of that i also really like you know that moment in her life really is her true loss of innocence you sort of think it's happening throughout the film and then you realize that that brutal scene is that is she will be forever changed after that because how could you not be and so there's sort of reflecting back to the earlier conversation about bone stall where he's like you'll never be the same after that there's a before and there's an after for her no matter what happens after that like she that that scene is already that for her and so i get i love that aspect of it what i didn't like i felt was cheesy was him literally saying eat me bones and all like just the the verbiage of it i i didn't like i i don't know it it took me out of it for a second i just felt it a little hokey that is that is fair but i mean also it's 2022 consent is a thing okay no 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 i mean okay one consent has always been a thing we have a lot of that's a whole nother conversation well i I don't mean i don't that poorly but i don't mean i i love that he was like i want you to eat me like i love that i i like i wish he had said it in a slightly like 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 i wish he hadn't said the exact words bones and all because the sentiment is really cool and all the things i described before that like i really really resonate with all of that it's just that using that particular phrasing again and that it is the title of the movie made it feel a little like okay roll credits you know it's like one of those like almost goofy moments when people say the title of the movie i see i i totally see your point I, my my counter to that would be 
it is a concept that is new to the both of them and is introduced to them when they're together. So him using that verbiage in context makes sense to me. I think where maybe the corniness factor kind of comes from is knowing that like that's the title of the movie. So for one hundred percent, it's it's almost like like a thirty rock bit or something, you know, like them like use like that being the title of the movie and then it being this like big moment where he literally says like you know I want you to eat me bones and all like I get it I totally get where you're coming from, but I I would say the 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 counter to that would be like they were together when they were right. introducing and, and, that concept. And truly that doesn't take the movie down for me. And like we like I already talked about like the sentiment of that, I completely agree with. I love thematically how it works. I love how it loops back in. I love how it makes the ending of the movie so pure and so like impactful. It's just just that one little bit. I was just like, no, it like took me out. Mm-hmm. And I also think real quick before we move on there's also the angle of like it representing like first love and just how like right in many cases just like how utterly consumed you can be when the first time you fall in love with someone and just being like completely obsessed with them and it you know not always being a very healthy type of love but it's it's the type that maybe you feel the strongest and you'll never forget the idea of there being a before and after bones and all. I do think is representative of like, you know, there may be healthier and, and better loves in your life, but they're not necessarily going to be, you know, you always have your first young love. Love the layers. This movie's got layers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we go, I did want to mention my viewing experience with this really quick. Um, or not before we go, but before we move on, um, because I saw this with, uh, my dad was visiting and I saw it with my dad and Kurt and I was shocked, shocked. I say that my dad loved this movie. Mm. He's usually very kind of like, give you a good idea. He watches like cable TV, CBS drama shows. He loves lots of Grey's Anatomy. With Doesn't he aunt. like pretty little liars? Or he like does. Gossip Girl and or Gossip something. Gossip Girl. Like... He loves <laughs> the weirdest thing. Like he's he's an enigma for sure. But he was so into this movie, I was shocked. So nice. I just want to say, you know, fun for the whole family. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, well, that that's a good segue real quick into my viewing experience. I was planning on seeing this in a movie theater. And Haley and I were going to see it on a Monday. And I looked at the times and we like had plans to go, but something came up. So we were like, yeah, we'll just see it the next day. We'll see it Tuesday. My dumb ass just assumed that the times would be the same between Monday and Tuesday. Turns out they weren't. So we would have had to have seen it at 10. The showing started at 10 p.m. on a weeknight. So it's doable. Coincidentally, it happened to also. (laughs) What? (laughs) Coincidentally, (laughs) it also happened to be the same day that the movie came out on video on demand. Which cost wow. $20. So I did pay $20 and I did see this at home, unfortunately. Still I don't loved know if I it. I could say you lucked out, but. Oh, as far as glad the time you mean? watch it. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, even if Haley didn't go, like, Tuesday, I would like, have made it. Two days go. ago? Tuesday? Correct, yes. Oh, shit. Okay, fuck. <laughs> I My viewing is much more fresh than, than your guys' viewings, but to be yeah, fair, I, I would have this. Gone. I saw this. The day after Thanksgiving, 
the that weekend because my dad was here. Oh, yeah. so was that was the week breaker. it came out. Yeah, it yeah. came out like that Wednesday, I think, or maybe it was the Friday yeah. before. I don't remember. Yeah, I saw it like the week it came out. Yeah, Haley was out of town for for two weeks. She was in Florida, so I had to wait to see it because I knew she really wanted to see it. So, what were her thoughts on this? Um, she liked it even a little less than I did. She did like it, but I think a little underwhelmed by it as well. And she's she's a huge Call Me By Your Name fan as well. And Suspiria. Not as much as me, but she she liked it, didn't love it. Okay. Do we have Real any other quick. thoughts? Yes. Well, I don't know if they're talking points, but I do want to just point out that I did really like the score and soundtrack. Yes. Yes. And also, you guys can touch on the music more if you want, but uh, the poster is amazing. The of them like touching foreheads and it's like shaped like a heart. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Killer poster. Wait, shaped like a heart. Oh yeah. You don't see it? <laughs> I don't I don't think I looked closely enough I'm about Just to do Just turn your head now, but... like 30 degrees to the left and and you'll see it. Whoa, okay. My head Okay, so this is very off topic, but my head is currently tilted like from center. I'm like at 230 like to the right so i was like what i need to tilt like i just like realized how tilted my head was to the right so that was a crazy thing anyway <laughs> that's funny yeah i i really like the music another uh trent Reznor atticus ross joint oh yeah oh uh i forgot to mention this but it also kind of reminded me of um american honey never saw it too long a little bit yeah. Like some of that like weird romantic uh Americana road trip like that part of it uh, and also showing like kind of like not like like a uh, people who live outside of societal norms kind of thing. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, this has also been compared to like Badlands and even like Bonnie and Clyde which I could see. Yeah. I can see I can see the Badlands thing. I've been dying to rewatch that. Still haven't done it. Huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we ready to give star ratings? Let's do it. Yeah, buddy. Fuck yeah. I already spoiled mine. Four and a half out of five. I'm almost tempted to give this a five based on our conversation, but I will stick with my 4.5 for now. Wow. Um, Travis, would love to hear your thoughts later. Because I'm going with a big five. And I know you guys are always like, Paris, you give out fives all the time. But this is a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) I know you guys are always like, Paris, does that even count? But here's the thing. This is a high-quality movie, so I'm measuring it harshly. So this five has high impact, high reward. It will be on my top ten of the year. It's a game changer. I mean, it's currently on mine, too, but that's more a testament to the... Shit yeah. Year. Not to spoil no. my list, but unless there's like some amazing movies, this will also be on my list. There's going to be some amazing movies. Well, so <laughs> did, do your top ten is going to be when e- either Friday. of your top tens are going to have movies that are four point five. You really think? Possibility. Uh, if there was oh, going to be I, a year, it would be this year. 
I think I've given three fives this really? year. So yeah, there's definitely going to be multiple 4.5s on my list. I'm trying yeah. to get all the fours off of my list. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. That's what? embarrassing. Yeah, I'm that's so sorry. That probably, blew out the, that probably blew out the microphone. That was too loud. But what the fuck, Travis? Are you joking me right now? I've had a lot of four and a halves, but I, I, I'm i with right there with you, Travis. I think I've had like four or five, five stars. You got to earn these stars these days, right? I've been in the game for too long now. I'm, I'm too jaded. Travis hates all movies fives. now, so you got to really impress. Yeah. <laughs> right, and his fives aren't even my fives. Like I don't think he even liked my five star movies oh. that much. You know, well, one of my fives is Blonde. <laughs> oh, barf! But we'll Travis. save that for the top ten. Episodes. I'm so sorry. We're gonna have to cancel you before then. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring back I Tom. Know. It's not a big deal. I'll, I won't be on. It'll just be Matt and, Matt and Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's let's move on. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break before we get into the rules and explanation of our draft. Uh, we'll be right back. All right. We are back. And boy, am I excited. We are going to move into the second installment in our series, the Digest Film League. The draft game. It's going to be huge. We're going to be drafting from a pool of films. That pool being the Sight and Sound Top 100 Films of All Time. So if you're not familiar, Sight and Sound is a film publication that every 10 years polls a bunch of critics and directors and actors and stuff of their favorite films and using those I think it's like a weighted ranking. Uh, they release a top 100 films of all time. And last time it was done was 2012. 2022, it was done again. And there's a fresh list. So we're going to be doing a draft based on those picks. Uh, I'll toss it over to Travis. Why don't you explain to the listeners a little bit more about uh, how this process is going to go? All right. So we stole this idea from the podcast Screen Drafts. Got to give them a shout out since we are plagiarizing a bit here. Um Hopefully you're okay with that, Matt. <clears throat> yep, yep. I mean, <laughs> I don't. Have they done this exact draft already? Or? They have not. But okay. the we did it first. I, <laughs> that is true. Um, but I guess yeah. The the idea, the whole draft idea, we've we're heavily borrowing from their uh, setup that they do on their show. So essentially, what we're doing is we are going to create a top ten between the three of us of the sight and sound list that Matt just spoke of and. It's a, a competitive and collaborative process. We might all have our own different approach to this and our own agendas, but um, I think the goal is to try and create like a consensus list that best represents us with, you know, maybe little sprinkles of our own personal taste in there. Matt, uh, did you, you can... hear that? It's a group consensus. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, we're not already firing shots, all right? <laughs> don't pl don't blame me for the last just episodes. reminding just well, reminding, while that is you know. the goal or the idea you can be as much of a uh agent of chaos as you would like that's uh that kind of brings some fun into the game mm -hmm. now are we going with the veto thing again this is not something we oh, discussed yes. before air explain how that <clears throat> works so everyone gets one veto and you can play the veto at any time and that essentially makes whoever is choosing repick. Now, if 
say, for example, Matt picks Goodfellas, I will veto that. Goodfellas can be played again later, but Matt has to pick a new film for that selection because of the veto. Now, we have to establish this. We're still in our infancy of doing this, so rules may change here and there. Do we want to establish the rule where if both people use their veto against one pick, you know, the other two are so strongly against putting this on the list that that movie is just no longer eligible? I think so. We did do that last time. I think it's a good rule. Yeah. I think it's a good rule, too. I don't really foresee that happening here, but I think it's a good rule. It, I think that would only come into play if someone was like really trying to like do their, you know, push their agenda <coughs> in a way um, that um. the other two just strongly disagreed with. But that didn't come up last time. And yeah, to your point, it probably won't come up this time. <laughs> Listen, I'm saving my veto for one specific movie. If it comes up, it's going to veto. If it doesn't then it's all hunky-dory, but I'm choosing a different tactic this time If it doesn't around. come up, please tell us what the movie is at the end of the draft. Sure. Uh, I guess we can go into order real quick. So we established yep. an order off-air. We're going to be referred to as drafters A, B, and C. Uh, I'm drafter A, and I get picks 10, 9, 6, and 3. Uh, Matt is... No, Paris is drafter B, and she gets picks seven, four, and two. Matt is drafter C. He gets eight, five, and one. So I get more picks, and then Matt and Paris get a little bit higher seeding for their picks. Um, it's mostly fair, as fair as we can do it, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to ask real quick, how are you guys approaching this? Because the way that I think some of the uh, people who are who fill out the ballots for the, the real list they view this as the best films of all time, not necessarily their favorites. So how are, how are we going about this? Well, so I will say um, of the 100 films on the list, I personally have seen 35 of them, and 11 of them are on my personal top 100 of all time. So you did cross-reference your top 100 for this game. I filtered, yes. So you can, on Letterboxd, you can filter by, like, films watched. So I, like, whittled it down to the 35 I've seen. And then mm-hmm. from that, I was able to pinpoint, you know, what what I've, what was on my personal list. So I think what's going to make this particular draft so interesting is that I do think there is quite a bit of overlap between the of us, between the three mm-hmm. of us. So it's a matter of, like... Like, there's one particular film that I'm kind of counting on Travis taking, right? And there's another film that I'm kind of counting on Paris taking. Like, these are movies that I personally would pick, but there's one way this draft could go where the list is, like, perfect in my eyes, you know? But it's just a matter of, like, where everyone else is coming from, what movies they think the other people are going to... You know what I mean? Like... That's kind of what makes this exercise so interesting so, is that like there's a lot going on. <laughs> I'm coming from I wasn't even I was barely thinking about you two when I made my list um, as I do most things in life. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, there was only one movie where I was like, mm, that's probably going to be higher up on Matt's list. So that's fine. 
but uh, I have seen only 14 of these hundreds, only 14%. So I really whittled it down to like my top 10 of their, really my top nine of their, um, and I have so a top mine nine as well, be... Paris. That's, oh, great. that's what I'm working okay. with, the short list of Yeah, nine. yeah. I, it, last time I did 10, but this time I was like, eh, it's kind of, kind of not really filling out. But so I just really, I went by not necessarily what I think are the best movies, but what were my favorites of those. Because this is kind of a best movie list anyway. And because I've seen so few of them, I just kind of ranked in, in my personal favorites. Yeah. I will say I'm also approaching this as more so my favorites than best, although I do have great taste in film, so they do coincide with each other. <laughs> Not to be uh, overly humble or anything. But. but I will be curious to see if anyone plays a veto because they think one pick or one film should be higher on the list than where it's being selected at. Right. Because that is, I mean, that's kind of a big ass to use a veto to try and get your movie up higher are you willing to use your veto i mean in that scenario i could see matt using his veto for something that i think will be lower on the list than he wants okay. it just depends it's like all I part said. of the strategy <laughs> there's a like i said 11 <laughs> of these movies are on my personal top 100 so like i got a lot of dogs in this fight you know what i'm saying so We'll see. I don't know. Do we know what, what you're I'm saying? Go to, <laughs> I have to decide what I'm going to go to bat for. So I'm ready to get into it if you guys are. I think we pretty much covered everything that needs to be Hell yeah, let's do it. All right. So I'm kicking it off at number 10. This is tough because I don't know exactly where to go with this pick. Right. It's like, do you, do you squeak in like some bullshit pretentious movie that like only you've seen that you don't think people are going to push you back on? Or do you mm -hmm. want to guarantee something squeaking in? You know, it's, it's a lot of factors here. All right. I'm going to be the guy that establishes Hitchcock on our list. And uh, I'm going to go number 10, Rear Window. Ooh. My favorite. Okay, Hitchcock. solid. Uh, thought about going with Psycho. Psycho, <clears throat> in terms of like film history, might have a bigger impression. Maybe did more for movie going and the genre in general. Um, someone could maybe argue against that, but I think Psycho's legacy is maybe a bit greater than Rear Window's. Although Rear Window is also a beloved film. I don't... I'm not sure exactly where it falls on the sight and soundless. I don't have that information in front of me. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, Ruendo is my favorite. Uh, I think it's super entertaining and just um, has that like voyeurism aspect to it that I really like. And just like how caught up and paranoid um, Jimmy Stewart's character gets in the movie. Um, it just, yeah, it all plays out wonderfully. Love the um, opening sequence too with... Uh, just getting the lay of the land. Yeah. So for reference for the listeners, Rear Window is number 40 on the Sight and Sound list. Psycho is 33. And my personal favorite Hitchcock is Vertigo, which is number two on the list. Oh, shit. Now, <laughs> do I feel strongly enough to use a veto? No, I don't. Even though I prefer Vertigo of Hitchcock's work. 
Now, we can't have two Hitchcocks on the list, man. Correct. <laughs> that is not one of the movies I was going to go to bat for, though. Even though it is okay, on my top good. 100, it's like it's in the 90s somewhere, I'm pretty sure. So good, that is good, not good. one of the ones that I was going to like make sure is on the list. So I will say I am thinking of all of us to a degree in this aspect. Right. Emphasis on to a degree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're I'm on cool the same that. team, but we're competitive. Right. We both want to be, uh, you know, Steph Curry. But there's only one on every Ooh. team. And it's me. Right. Whoever Agreed. the guy is that's usually on the bench um, on that team, that's me. I'm just hanging out, having a good time, wearing my sports goggles. Coming yeah. in clutch, though, when you're needed. Making some three pointers, sitting back down, <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> All right. Well, so. It's back to me again at number nine. Um, I'm tempted to go with a director's film, but I just realized that this director has two movies that I would want on the list, and I should probably save our load for the other pick. So the one I'm wanting to put at number nine should probably just stay off the list um, just so we have a little more variety. That's all I'll say about that. (laughs) Uh, and i'm tempted to go one direction but i think this one might fit in nicely here at number nine so i'm actually going to go with ridley scott's blade runner for number nine and the reason for it is because i do think it is one of the best science fiction films ever made love the aesthetic it's been borrowed from or copied from endlessly. Uh, love the uh, singing in the rain moment at the end. Just a killer line. <laughs> uh, I I just love the world building, the score, uh, just some of the the ideas in it. I mean, we don't have to get too in depth on Blade Runner, but um, that's where I'm going for number nine. Oh yeah, I love it. No um, no qualms here. I have a little qualm. <laughs> I'm de- I'm debating whether I have a qualm. Because my my qualm is <laughs> is that I feel like it's too low. Oh. I don't want to play my veto so early though. You only get 3 picks, so Yeah. Keep in mind, I'm going to play my cards here and I'm going to say if you do that and you want it higher, I believe that is going to be your responsibility. Because right. I am not going to fight for it. It would be my second pick. But because that's about as high as I think it should be. But I think that I'm going to just put my piece out there and say I think it should be higher, but I'm not going to ve- not enough to veto. But just making my my opinion known. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So right. we're drafter C. Also, that is, that is 55 on the sight and sound list. I don't know if we're going to do that for each one, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we should. Yes. Yeah, 55. Wait, Blade Runner? No, it's 58. Is it? Mm-hmm. Battleship Potemkin is 55. 58. No. I'm looking at the list right now. Blade Runner is 55. Battleship Potemkin is 56. Uh-oh. What the fuck? Is this letterbox list wrong? 
I trusted it. The British Film Institute? That list? Sight and Sound? Leo Barbosa? The one that that Travis sent us? I think I just sent one to you guys that I just assumed was correct. Had John Dillman at number one. Yeah, the one I'm looking at on Letterboxd. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on Letterboxd. But it's the one that Travis sent us. Is there an official list on Letterboxd, Matt? Yeah, I'm looking at the one posted by the British Film Institute. Which they're the ones oh. who do the list, oh, right? Oh, hold on, hold on. The BFI? Because with that one, Blade Runner's 58, Battleship Potemkin 55. Mm, the one that Travis sent us is different. Yeah. What kind of dipshit would make a wrong... Oh, you know what it probably is? I think what this boils down to is that there's a lot of ties. Mm. So maybe it's like oh. the way that they broke up the ties or something like the way that they hmm. put it on the list because technically a lot of these are tied with one another you know so it's right, like well, kind BFI, of an arbitrary bfi has the hq tag on their profile so we should probably just go with them yeah okay. that's the one i'm looking Travis, can you, <laughs> that's a um, rare honor <laughs> <laughs> can you send that over or can one of you send that uh, over in the group so i have that because i don't know i'm yep. not as good at i'm looking at it right as y'all now. are Okay, thank you. All right, okay. so All right, thank you. Got it. We're going off this list. So, yeah, Blade Runner is technically 58 on this one. And then is is uh, is Rerundo 40? Is that still correct? Yeah, that's what I was going based off of. I've been looking yep. at that list the whole time. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry, guys. I need to do a quick pause. No problem. Cool. All right, I'll be right back. Cap. Uh... You know, I feel like I backed myself into a corner a little bit here. Now I'm really leaning on you guys to pick some of these, or I'm fucked. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you were... <laughs> that's kind of... Mm. See, because there's I mean, one specific movie I'm kind of counting on you to pick. Because we, we both love you're it. you're winking at me right now, Matt, I got you. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. And there's one movie. there's one movie that I'm kind of relying on Paris to pick. And, you know, I'm not going to be more specific than that, but, like, even though... There's two movies that I want you to pick as number one. If you don't pick either of them, I'm going to consider you a failure. (laughs) I mean, you have to know which one that I would pick as number one, right? Hmm. I mean, come on. John Carpenter's Halloween is not on the list. Correct. (laughs) Nor is Charlie Kaufman's Synecdoche, New York. (laughs) Uh, So, I don't know. It's... But you, I, I never know with you, to be honest. Oh, actually, now that I'm looking at You should it. know. I mean, we did do a literal top 100 films of all time list on our show. So. We did. But this is a consensus, remember? I know it's a consensus, but <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm like, I mean, I know Paris isn't back yet, but I'm like, there. I'm torn between, for my number eight, do I want to pick... I don't know. Like, do I want to get a movie on here that pretty sure Paris hasn't seen, but I know you're not going to go to bat for per se. Mm -hmm. Or do I pick something that's like crowd friendly? I also don't want to like, Ooh, you know, cause it's tough. Mm. (laughs) Cause there's a couple movies I could pick that I might be taking one of your picks. So you might love me for it or hate me for it. I would love you. 
If you do that. <laughs> I don't know, though. It could be higher, though, is the thing. I don't... Well, I only have That's three. That's what makes I only have three fun. picks, so not my problem. I think I know which two I'm uh, going to go to bat for with my next two, but it's uh, it all depends on how you guys play it. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I got a plan of attack. <laughs> all right, well, uh, I don't know... I mean, How you long? could technically state your pick, and you could vamp until she gets back. That's true. I haven't quite decided on which one I'm going with yet, though. Okay. Mm. Fuck, this is hard. Okay. I am going to go... I'm going to take the... Oh no! <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at my list. There's a movie on here that I'm not gonna pick because I think that would result in two films from the same director, and I'm trying to avoid that. So mm-hmm. ixnay that. Um, there is a film that I know Tom would be on board with, but we're not doing this with Tom, so that's tough. There's a recent pick that I do adore, but I don't know if it necessarily deserves to be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't like this game. It's tough. <laughs> I, do, if, I guarantee if we did this 100 times, it'd be different every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I am going to use my number eight pick. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker. Oh, boy. I'm going Stalker. Um, Two sci-fi classics in a row. Can right we get three? Going to <laughs> 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 be huge. There's a couple other ways, but I'm confident. I'm confident in this other movie I was going to pick that it's going to be higher. And I think it deserves to be higher on the consensus list. So. Hmm. I'm going to leave it there. So I am going to go with Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker. I think it is kind of an enigma of a film, but I think it's one of the most dense and beautiful films I've ever seen in my life. It's something that I feel like is going to reward me every time I rewatch it. I've seen it three times now. And uh, I just adore everything about it. And I'm, I'm, Excited to get more into Tarkovsky. I bought Mirror. I haven't actually watched Mirror. Um, I haven't seen several of his films. I've seen Solaris and I've seen Stalker, I think, are the only two I've seen of his. So he's a filmmaker that I really want to dive into and have yet to. But, mm-hmm. uh, You know, if I wasn't so afraid what Parrish is going to do, I would probably veto this. And not because I dislike this movie, but... I think I appreciate it more than I enjoy it. I definitely need to rewatch it again. Uh, first viewing went over my head just a little bit. Um, but I do think it's uh, praise is warranted. So I don't necessarily think it's a bad movie or anything. I just, if I was making a top 10, it would not be on there. But, you know, maybe if I rewatched it, it would be a whole different conversation. So I think it's safe from me. But that is mainly due to what does uh, what kind of bullshit does Paris have up her sleeve? Right. 
<laughs> I I feel pretty confident in what. Uh, I think I know what's going to get slotted in here because I don't even know what Paris has seen. I think I could get a general idea of what movies you've seen and haven't seen. I mean, mm-hmm. if I if I really did my homework on Letterboxd, it'd probably be really easy. But like Paris is somewhat of a an enigma on this one. Well, while we're vamping here, I I will say um, initially I was going to do a bit. I was going to pick Tokyo Story. I've never seen Tokyo Story. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But I own the Criterion, (laughs) and I haven't watched it, uh, even though I've owned it for like four years. But it seems like a movie I would love. I think, yeah, one rule we forgot is you you need need to have have seen the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good rule. (laughs) I was going to do it as a bit, though. I was going to retract it, but I mean... Oh man, Paris, you're not back yet, are you? Woof. Negative. <laughs> well, she's next pick, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Well, what do we think? She's like, I don't pick. Well, I don't want to be like official. I don't want to like look at like. There's probably some sort of way to filter like what she's seen on the list. But if I were to speculate. I think David Lynch is very much a factor here. You think so? I know she likes David Lynch. And David Lynch has two films on the list. He's got Blue Velvet and he's got Mulholland Drive on the list. Mm -hmm. I think those two were very much in play. I don't know exactly where she lands on Blue Velvet, but I think those are very much in play. I think there's a couple animated films that are in play. I'm sure she has seen Spirit. I think Spirited Away is probably in play here. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what her thoughts are. Um, I'm sure she's seen My Neighbor Totoro. I don't think she's like... Oh, Paris, are you back? I haven't seen My Neighbor Totoro since I was a child. But you have seen it, so technically it counts? No, I don't count that because I don't remember it at all, so I don't even know like what I would rate it. (laughs) Okay, well, thank God you're back. Same with My Neighbor Kiki, or not My Neighbor Kiki. Kiki's Kiki's Delivery delivery Service. service. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we were running out of material, so we're glad you're back. So... Um, just to catch you up, Paris, sure. Matt picked Stalker at number eight. Do you want to veto? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't Stalker? mean to. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound so rude about it, but Stalker wasn't on my top nine. So Have I'm okay. you seen it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was. Th- that's Any the thoughts? thing with this list. Like, all of them are really good. It's just, you know, like. Are they great? Are they the like my favorites? So I I said that I probably would have vetoed Stalker, but I'm nervous to what you're gonna pick to be completely transparent. So I'm saving my veto <laughs> for your bull your potential bullshit. Okay, potential first of all, bullshit. whoa. You know, we could be the Second best all, friends at the end of this thing, but I'm just I'm just being cautious here. <laughs> okay, okay. Because we don't I, know. We don't I'm know. surprised yeah. I thought you liked Stalker a lot. Uh, I appreciate it more than I enjoy it. It is due for a rewatch. Probably at okay. least two rewatches before I speak to it. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, I had read Annihilation, then watched Annihilation, then later seen Stalker with Kurt because he loves it. We actually He actually had it on Blu-ray already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it interesting. I found it a very cool piece of film but it wasn't mm-hmm. like my favorite thing right. ever all right mm-hmm. so it sounds to me like stalker is locked in it all right 
Stalkers in. All right. Paris, your first pick of the draft at number seven. Are Did you Did y'all say ready? what number Stalker was on the Sight and Sound list? Oh, actually, nope. all of the fucking uh, <laughs> dilly-dallying we were doing, we didn't do that. Oh, my God. Um, Stalker is... Literally, it was gone for like seven minutes, you guys. <laughs> Stalker is number 43, according to this list. Right. Now, you do need to take this stuff with a grain of salt because they were... A lot of these movies were tied with one another. So I think they're probably listing these movies in order that they appeared on the list. Ties like these, though, are bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's well, they they have to be scientific with it, you know, because it's like weighted ranking kind of thing. So, like, it makes sense that they had to do that. But keep in mind that, like, a lot of like this isn't like a strict like this movie is better than that movie on the actual list. If you're curious, you can look at the actual list, but for the purposes of our exercise, I'm, I believe this is listed in the order that they're listed in the article, even though a lot of these picks are technically tied with one another. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. We're all, we're all on the same page. All right, Paris. What do you think you're going to go with for number seven? Okay. For number seven. Oof. I'm going to go with Mulholland Drive. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. Great spot, Paris. <laughs> that Because that's where I would put it. I know oh, that Matt, it's been one of Matt's <laughs> favorite movies of all time since I've known him. What a play. But what a I don't play. know. I don't know if he's going to be tired or not. So that's up to him. I can't. I can't do it. Like, I, do I, was I hoping that would be your top pick? Yes. Now I don't know what two what? movies that's you That's not going to be my top pick. Are you joking? Well, on, on this list? I don't know. Like, honestly. It's like, I would have even on that. my number nine, it's number six, dude. Like, don't don't oh, get it twisted. Number six. Now I truly have no. <laughs> so, I was that was the when I alluded to. There's a pick that I'm counting on Travis doing, and a pick on you doing Paris. That is the one I was counting on you for. Y'all and can't count on me for nothing. I am always going to be the wild card. I'm glad you. I've did only it. seen 14 movies on this whole list. Okay, like right. come on. And the fact that it's number six for you blows my mind because I have no fucking clue. I would have assumed that was your number one on this list. So I am. Let me say that everything nine and up, like all my top nine or fives on my list. So it's just really nitpicking from that point. Okay. Well, I'm glad it's here. I was counting on you to do it. Do I wish it were higher? Yes. But I'm not going to burn a veto on it. So I'm cool with it at number seven. I am glad we got that one out of the way. Thank you, Paris. <laughs> uh, no, I honestly I, think it shouldn't have been so, as high as I think Matt would have put it. So. Exactly. Yeah. I like uh, Mulholland Drive, and I think that David Lynch should be on this list in some capacity. Um, but Mulholland Drive is not my favorite David Lynch. Earlier when you were talking about number nine, I assumed when you were talking about directors that you were talking about Lynch, and you were like Blue Velvet and Mulholland Drive no, were the ones no, you were kind of no. playing off of. Come on. It's easy, the guy I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's here. I think this list is shaping up to be quite oh, spectacular. It's my turn now. Well, real quick, uh, just for reference, Mulholland Drive is number eight on the Sight and Sound list. 
So quite right, high, right, actually. Right, right. It is. And actually, I didn't really get to talk about it, but I would like to say that two things with this movie. The first time I ever saw this movie was with Matt because, um, you know, his, he likes to... His, theater, his screening? I was there. No, no, no. That was after, actually. <laughs> oh. No, that was the second time I saw it. Um, <laughs> no, uh, the first time I saw it was with just Matt, and he... I remember distinctly it got to the part where there's sort of like, I don't, you know, a sexy scene between two women. And Matt was like, you got to watch this part. It's the best. Oh, my God. And that's when I knew we were going to be best buds forever. <laughs> now, am I misremembering? We saw this at the Central Cinema as a double feature with Grease, right? Was that the first time you? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Actually, okay. that is very true. I had forgotten about that part, but yes, we. No, 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 not with Greece. We. Yeah, with Greece. No. I don't know if we had watched it together before that. Is what I'm questioning. I know for a mm. fact we saw it as a double feature with Greece. Greece being first. I thought the first time was not in a theater. That's possible. The, honestly, the screening with you, Travis, if I was at that one, it probably would have been my third watch. All with Matt. So, <laughs> Did we watch Mulholland Drive? I don't remember watch watching Mulholland Drive. I thought Drive. we did. We definitely did a... Park. Yeah, we definitely did a screening of Mulholland Drive. We did a racer head. Yeah, we did a racer head. I don't think we did yeah. Mulholland no, Drive. We, we definitely did. Are you sure? I remember... Yeah, you had Mulholland a pretty big showing, to be honest. Are you... Uh, I, the first I thought one it was we did, before Eraserhead. The first one we did was Eraserhead, and I was that was I remember that was the first time I met Tom. Oh and wow! Brady, oh, Brady came as well. <laughs> yes, and he hated it. Yes, as did most people. <laughs> Pretty as much did everyone, there. I think, except me and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Love all I like Eraserhead. Do you? Mm-hmm. Did you at that time? You uh, you know, I I needed to process it. It wasn't like okay, because couldn't really give a knee jerk like reaction. Everyone came out of that movie and went erase Matt, <laughs> we're not coming over to your showings anymore. Like, don't. Do oh, that. I, I knew what <laughs> I was getting to. Brady didn't, but <laughs> yeah, poor Brady. All right. Well, anyway, Mulholland Drive at number seven. Is there anything else before we move on to number six? No. All no. Right. Who's All six? Right, so you guys can veto it if you want it to go higher. But I'm going with Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Oh, thank God. Uh, I honestly would like this higher, but there's I only have one pick left after this, and um, I have to save it for a certain film. Mm-hmm. Better be the one that I think is uh, my gay. It's got to be it. It's going to be. I just hope one Like I think we all know what Travis's final pick has to be. Like I'm shocked he isn't. Yeah, what? Okay. I'm going to be I'm going to be really sad if one movie doesn't make the list cuz I kind of wish I would have maybe slotted that for number 9, but I guess we'll see. Matt, no pressure. <clears throat> uh do the right thing is incredible. I think we've talked about it quite a bit on the show. Just uh I know it was on all three of Matt, Tom and I's top 100s. Mhm. Um I think the movie looks incredible. It's got a great opening sequence with uh, Rosie Perez and um, some really, yeah, some really strong performances. Um, people love to say it's more 
relevant now than ever, which, yeah, I, I guess I could see that. I, I think it was relevant then too, though. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really important. Like it's just tackling, tackling really important, like deep subject matters, but it's also simultaneously like really entertaining and funny. And I think it's really hard to make a movie that straddles the tone of this movie. So yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's definitely one of my favorite films of all time. And I do think it is one of the best movies ever made. Very cool. Now, Travis, what is your, you have one pick. Oh, I can't veto it because, okay, no, I can't. I agree that it should maybe be a little higher, but I can't veto it because then I, it won't make the list, I believe, if I veto it. So, um, okay, I'm cool with that. I also love Do the Right Thing. And uh, I was thinking, that is one pick I was thinking of doing at eight, but it, it didn't seem... Mm that was even further down the list. So <laughs> that's part of the reason why I went with stalker, but I also love do the right thing. It's like number like 11 or 12 on my, my personal top 100. So I like it at six, but um, I would love to see it anywhere between six and one. It's on the list. So half the work is done there. Yep. I'm cool with that. There could only be 10 Paris. Anything? Uh, I haven't seen it. So, <sighs> well, you should change it's that. It's huge. Yeah, this movie rules. You would love it, Paris. I know. You guys have talked about it on the pod a million times. And as your number one fan, you know, it's been on my personal list for a long time. Um, honestly, it just seems like, and I know this sounds bad, but a little bit of a force feed. Like, I know it's supposed to be really good, but every time I just, it doesn't seem, I don't know, something about it isn't appealing to me. So I think I have to just like kind of force myself to sit down and watch it. I'm sure I'll like it. Okay. But it is, I mean, I, I already said it, but it is like also really entertaining and pretty funny. So I wouldn't go into it thinking it's like this, like weighty important thing. I mean, it is, but there's yeah, a lot more I mean, to it. That's probably it is that like weighty and important things definitely have their place, but sometimes they feel a little, burnt out on that when I want entertainment. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you'll okay. get your entertainment from Do the Right Thing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Me next? Drafter C. Yep, Matt, number five. Oh, wait, real quick. What is Do the Right Thing on the sight and sound list? Number 24. 24. Alrighty. Take it away, Matt. So this one is interesting because... I don't necessarily think it should be this high, but I know what I plan on picking for my number one, and there aren't any other movies <laughs> that I can slot in here <laughs> that feel right to me. So I am going, even though I think it's a, it's too high, a little too high, I think. We'll see how you guys react. I am going to put... Portrait of a Lady on Fire in here. Oof. At number five. Very high. I too know recent. it's probably a little too high, but like, I don't have anything else unless I want to double dip directors, I, which I, I prefer not to do. <laughs> but 
if it gets vetoed, it gets vetoed. But I'm putting in Wait, Portrait of Lady really? on Fire. There, I feel like there's two other movies so, that I feel like need to be on this list that y'all are not picking. Matt, there's no shot you put Portrait at number one. So I think I'm going to veto here at five because I think it's a little too recent. Honestly, I think it's the right thing to do. Not that the recency thing, but just the... It's good, but it's not number five good. It's bottom ten for sure. Woof. Okay. <laughs> I like the movie a lot, but I just... Yeah, I... It making it's the on my 10. nine of this list. But. If it would, you could have maybe snuck it in at ten or nine if you had my position. But trying to get it in in the top, even five, eight would have been fine. I think anything under five yeah. really would have been fine. It's just top five, like nah. Well, all right then. <clears throat> all right. <sighs> I'm putting all my faith in Paris now because I just said that. We know you guys don't do this again. (laughs) Stop doing that. You did that last time and it all came crashing down. Great. Let's not do that. (laughs) For some people, I had to make a choice that, by the way, I will not be doing that this time. I'm going to make my own choices. So there's only one pick here for me that makes sense. And I hate it <laughs> because it means we're going to have two films from one director. But if there were going to be one director, it couldn't be more basic. I got to oh, plug yeah. Goodfellas in here. I got to plug Goodfellas. Oh. In here. <laughs> hmm. I, there's, I, I can't, all these other movies that are available to me that I have seen, like I'm not going to put Citizen Kane in here. Like I love that movie, but. Ah, I don't know. Do I put Citizen Kane in here? It's no. between this and Citizen Kane, and I'm not going to let you guys convince me. You know what? Fuck it. I'm putting Citizen Kane in here. Fuck Goodfellas. Oh, my God, Matt. No, I'm doing Citizen Kane. Uh, right, I'm Citizen not Kane. the biggest fan of Citizen Kane, but I think it makes more sense for the list than Portrait, and I didn't really want two of the same director on this list, exactly. and I'm definitely going with our boy Marty for my next pick <laughs> not to blow my load, but we're already it's, halfway there. So there's no, like, I, you know, I don't care for the Godfather that much. It's fine. I'm not putting it in there. You know, there's like in the mood for love is number five on the sight and sound list. I think that movie mm-hmm. is overrated as fuck. I'm not putting that movie on there. Yeah. You know, I've like, never seen that movie, but that's on like every like Cinefix list ever made, or at least they talk about it. Like, I should I watch that? It it seems like it's kind of already blown its load for me. You know what I mean? It's I don't really get what all the hype is about. I actually prefer Chunking Express from Wong Kar Wai, which is eighty nine on the list, so way lower on the list. But I actually prefer that to In the Move for Love. So, but it's not on my personal top one hundred, so I'm not putting that in there. So it's like there's nothing else that makes sense here. In the Mood for Love is only rated PG. I'm not interested. Yeah, there's no PNV I mean, hardcore fucking. It's so. pretty chast, right? Like, that's kind of the whole point. It's very chast. Right? It's sort of like this, like, you know, crossing lanes, never touching sort of thing, right? Yeah. It's a beautiful movie. Don't get me wrong. It's just oh, kind of boring. Ed- ed- edging the movie? <laughs> yeah, honestly. I mean, yeah, right? Like, it's that's what it is, right? <laughs> So anyway, 
All right. All right. Citizen Kane. I, wow, Matt. How oh, do boring I, can you be? <laughs> I know, dude. Citizen Kane, honestly, it blows my mind every time I see it. Just like how old it is. And I do think it's a fantastic movie. It's on my personal list. It's just technically Goodfellas is higher. Uh, I just, I know what Travis, I know what Travis is going to, like he said it, his boy Scorsese is next and I was counting on it. So I'm glad you validated it. You better pick what I hope you're going to pick at number one. Oh, everyone in the whole world knows what I'm going to pick at number one. You hope there's you better only hope one, you're right. right? <laughs> there's only one, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I have it'll been make sense off a little bit it'll by this sense. list. So I thought Mulholland Drive was going to be number one. So for me, no, it's yeah, not. Mulholland Drive is not the Honestly, highest. Honestly, I thought you were going to try and pull some bullshit and put Mulholland at one. <laughs> Oh, only in a worst that's case what scenario. I'm saying, like, no, I was, only in a worst case scenario. That's a, that's a very Matt thing to do. <laughs> I mean, would it be deserved? Absolutely, but I wasn't. See, gonna do it. I See? wasn't gonna do it though. <laughs> Is it because we gave you so much shit last time about matting all over the place? No, I didn't mat anywhere. I got <laughs> fucked last time. Don't you guys even start? I uh, got fucked, Matt. Yeah, right. I Actually, did. I made out great. It took yeah, a minute, Travis but. loved laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt and I got shit on. Travis rolling in the dough. What's the anyway. name of this game? I win. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh, <that>. no. <laughs> um, All right. This one drafter... is a much more civil discussion anyway. Uh, oh, did we get a uh, sight and sound entry on this one? Yeah, Citizen Kane is number three. Huge. All right, Paris, you ready? Number four? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of got to go. Oh, actually, sorry. I'm going to cut you off really quick. I think you're going to do a little recap for the listeners. So number 10 is Rear Window. Number nine is Blade Runner. Number eight is Stalker. Number seven, Mulholland Drive. Number six, Do the Right Thing. And number five, Citizen Kane. Very cool. So I know you guys were like... Yada yada, no double dipping directors. Matt was going back and forth. I was really hoping you were going to put Goodfellas at number five so I wouldn't have to do this and I'm putting Goodfellas at number four. <laughs> I, <laughs> I fucking love that movie. have been watching it since I was a literal child when it was on DNT all the time. I have been in love with Ray Liotta since I was a child. Um... There's something about the pacing in that movie, the perfect narration. Oftentimes narration is used as like a poor writing excuse. It's not. It's 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 a great storytelling device in this. It, you know, both glamorizes, you know, being a gangster at the same time as makes you feel like, fuck, that is not a good life to have. Fuck that noise. Fuck that violence. You know, it's got... I mean, just one of the best performances from Joe Pesci you've ever seen in your whole life. Mm-hmm. It's got, you know, it's got everything. It's got anything you could want. I don't give a fuck about double dipping. Both you guys said that. I was like, who gives a shit? It's our list. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, so we, going with Goodfellas. We do. That's kind of why we've been saying it multiple times. I understand that. And I, <laughs> the episode. I no, I understand that fully. I do. Um, but I'm going to have to uh, go against the grain and you're, uh, feel free to veto. But uh, don't also because uh, it's my number five pick and it is 64 on the sight and sound list. Ooh, do I? So I feel Travis, you have one pick left, right? 
Mm-hmm. All right. I'm confident that you're not going to play the film I was dead set on vetoing. So how much do I want to commit to the no do two it, films from do the director? It, do it. Paris, is this your last pick? Make her play it too if she really wants it. Ooh. No, this is my second of three picks. I you're, have you're this two, one right? and then number two. Yeah. Ooh, do I make you go? I don't know. Uh, I know what Travis is going to pick for his next one because he's only yeah, got one pick. Obvious. We all know that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it's <laughs> is that the very is that the next pick, Travis? Yeah. Okay, then I have to. I'm sorry, Paris. I'm vetoing Goodfellas. Yes. That's fine. I love Goodfellas. Yeah, we, fuck you. Whatever. We, we can't have two Scorsese's next to each other on the list. It yep. just feels wrong. Sure. All right. Well, what are you swapping in? This is this is where it gets crazy. Yeah, I- this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all want to go crazy? Let's go crazy. Let's right. go crazy. Oh, no. All right. Um, all right, then our number four is Get Out. Oh, that is way too high, but <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, well, <laughs> here's the thing. You said no double dipping directors. He said, I'm going to veto Paris's very normal and reasonable pick. So I went with my next one, which is Get Out. Get Out changed the name of the game, brought Jordan Peele into the horoscope, changed what horror and comedy together could be, not just parody, true horror, was a cultural touchstone, fucking a, everybody loves it, number 98 on the sight and sound list, it's Get Out. Sorry, I just felt like a baseball announcer the way I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) That, oh man. I hate it that high, but you know, not even now, on my personal top one hundred. But yeah, no, let's just say Get Out ourselves. is above Citizen Kane on the our list. Yeah, so what a statement! You All both right. can eat well, my poo. <laughs> well, Travis, what do you? Do I here? vetoed. I vetoed Goodfellas for Citizen Kane, which, in retrospect, I'd rather have Goodfellas. And then Matt, oh, right, right, vetoed Fuck. Goodfellas for Get Out. Well, no, 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 you didn't. Right, use, so neither no, no. of you have vetoes left. <laughs> you didn't use your veto. I switched my pick to Citizen Kane. Oh right! What did that I use my true. veto on? You didn't use you, your veto. No, you did. I did. I did used you? it on. I don't I remember I what you used it on, but I thought you did as well. You were gonna use. Oh wait, no, you were thinking about using it on Stalker, right? But you didn't. No, but I thought I used it. I don't. Where would you have used it though? I think you were gonna use it because I was originally gonna put Goodfellas. Wait, Matt, five. what would you? What did you? What did I pick for number seven? Mulholland Drive. Yeah, Matt, I think Mulholland you're Drive. right. I think I was going to use it, but you you basically games? vetoed yourself. Soccer. Right. I switched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He switched. Oh, so I have a veto. You can veto. Do you want to know what's coming next? Yeah, just think about what is coming after. No, that's we she. don't know. But you I'm don't not know. saying it. I'm just saying because she has another pick after. Should have put so Goodfellas like... on there. That's all I'm saying. You guys don't want to do it? It's fine. I'd rather have Get Out than Goodfellas just for the purpose of the list. Although I prefer <laughs> really? Goodfellas over Get Out. Yeah. That is wild. Y'all are so stuck Good in Get Out's a great film. I, I like yeah, it Yeah, I love Get Out. Yeah, it is. That's why I, I think it deserves a number four. I oh. just, I'm not going to put Goodfellas on the list anymore because I, I don't want it to get vetoed. 
Matt and I had a amazing viewing experience of Get Out. It was a early screening in South Seattle, and it was a full theater, and everyone was just loving the movie. People were hooting and hollering. It was a honestly probably one of the better film going experiences I've had in in the duration of us doing this show. Yeah, for sure. Based on the on the crowd reaction of the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. I think we can move on. I think Get Out is going to be our number four pick. Fuck it. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to save my veto, I guess. I may not even use it. Uh, my number three, we've been alluding to it for a long time now. Mm-hmm. It is Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. Yes. Yes, One yes. of my all-time favorites. Um, love movies that their main character's name is the same as mine (laughs) (laughs) didn't you also go as travis bickle for halloween one year yeah i did yeah at matt's party it was pretty huge our party very huge i was at my house was it Mm, no that one that was at his apartment oh no i was thinking of tom and uh i got a little too drunk that one because matt took two hours to fucking push play on texas chainsaw massacre dude and then no one was watching it you were getting so mad (laughs) i do remember that because we were all sitting there but like chatting and travis is just getting more and more and more heated you guys you guys no, you guys, you gotta watch. This is a classic. This is a horror classic. <laughs> Are you, did you, you see attention. it? Did you see? Did you see what just happened? No, everyone's drunk and they're fucking talking. We're at a party. <laughs> well, probably shouldn't have put on Texas Chainsaw. Then no one was ready for it. It went that's above. The, I mean, that's bad. truly that's the thing. It should have been in the yeah. background. We shouldn't have been <laughs> like trying to sit down to watch it. <laughs> that was that was everyone's mistake. Well, I remember there being. Uh, predicament with the screening rooms and there was a lot of like shuffling and was that the year that i met a certain person matt and then got very 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 drunk and then we all took pictures of our butt in your bathroom (laughs) i don't know if that was the same year that was one of the years I do not I know. I think though. because it started in the screening room and didn't finish in there. That's what I was thinking. Well, no, that was the year where it was taken. Someone was using the screen. No, but room. then we and then we went into a different room that also was like a screening room kind of, but was more like a lounge area and that one wasn't really working, so then we went back up to your place. I'm pretty sure that was the same year. That may have been. I had that was a wild time in my life, so it's Hard yeah, honestly, those, those parties, parties were straight. so much fun. Dude. Yeah, those were huge. I miss those days. Oh yeah, you guys missed out, the listeners. <laughs> I thought you meant me and Travis. I was like, we were there, dude. <laughs> All right, let's get along, uh, little doggy. So that's number three, Taxi Driver. Right? Do we need to say anything about it? I mean, I fucking love Taxi Driver. It's one of my early film loves. That was legendary. It was my uh, favorite movie for a long time until I love grew it. up. <laughs> No, no come on. Don't be one of those guys. It's like uh, number 12 on my personal list. I, I love Taxi Driver. I love a good anti-hero. Robert De Niro's performance is amazing. Uh, amazing score. Amazing cinematography. Uh, the city of New York is a character for sure. Uh, just love the like seediness of it. 
it just feels like a dirty, like dangerous movie. And uh, love the ending. The climax is great, especially for like a 70s movie. And then I love how you can kind of read into the ending a little bit more um, just with his whole decision making and what happens. Great flick. Hell yeah. All right, who's who's number two? Is that you, Paris? That is Paris. That is me, Paris. Um, all right, so number two is a relatively recent movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think it's not one that'll be that controversial, um, but it's Parasite. Hmm. <laughs> Parasite? Yes. I also like movies that have my name in it. Um, <laughs> no, I really... This movie kind of came out of left field for me. Really, truly has so much going on. The reveal? Crazy. The triple, quadruple reveal? Even crazier. Movie has layers. And honestly, like, I didn't know what to expect. It was getting a lot of hype and going into it, I was kind of like, all right, what are we doing here? Some kind of Korean horror. Okay, whatever. And it's funny. It's scary. It's haunting. It has, like, statements about class and societal structure. And visually, it's beautiful. It has those twists and turns that make it hanging on the edge of your seat and the unexpectedness of it really got me. You know, I, I think it deserves to be number two on our list. It has some great reveals. Yeah. Big time. Uh, I think it's a little too high, but I'm okay with it on the list. Cause I do think it is important and I do think it is great. I have no issues with parasite. It's just number two of like basically of all time, just a little high, but just, just, just how the uh, cookie crumbles sometimes. So what you're saying is you're a coward and you're too worried about what's going to replace it to use your veto. Yes. <laughs> I'm not giving um, up no, Parasite for Spirited Away. No, you already used your veto. You already used your veto. Travis didn't no? use his. Yes, he did on We me. just established this. For, yeah, no, just he established. just did on number four. He vetoed Goodfellas. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, we, yeah, we just that, established yeah. it yeah. so he could veto. Yeah. I'm the only one left with a veto. Fuck you all. Parasite's number two. Eat my poo. All right. Parasite. All right. Was that okay. a mic drop? Yeah, it sounded like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> she had to I got, I got a little heated. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well. All right, Matt. Take us home. Parasite at number two. Now, I'm curious. Travis, I think it was you who said... There's one movie that you knew I was gonna you pick, better. or like, no, you just better. Well, I'm pick curious. It. What is what? What do you think it's? What do you think it is? The goat. Yes. What SK. You... Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. We're on the same page. Uh, the number one film of all time. It's 2001. Space yeah. Odyssey. Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. I stand for Stanley. <laughs> Gotta be number one. I mean, there's no other option here. I mean, Charlie Kaufman's not on the list. Cold War and The Fountain aren't on the list. There's no link later. So it's got to be 2001 A Space Odyssey. Actually, Doesn't that get is interesting. Either. Why do you think there's no like 
Kaufman on the list? Well, I think it's because the uh, sight and sound poll people don't know good film, I think, <laughs> is the main reason. Perhaps recency bias. Um, all the woke film reviewers out there putting fucking Parasite and Get Out on here. I mean, we need to okay, get the... fuck off. Those were my picks. We need to get fucking Anomalisa on here. You know what I mean? Matt, Anomalisa sucks, okay? We haven't talked about this in a long time. Anomalisa isn't as poignant as you think it is. Listen, Charlie I Kaufman cannot only... stress this enough. I like Charlie Kaufman's work. Anomalisa is one of his worst works. Maybe his worst. He only makes masterpieces. Too. It's only masterpieces from Charlie Kaufman. Except Human Nature, although I haven't actually seen it. Anomalisa so is a masterpiece of shit, if that's what you mean. I That's not what Damn. we're talking about right now, so I don't want to trail us off too much but we should have a conversation about this later i haven't brought this up in a long time but we're buds and i love you that movie is not good all right you'll have to subscribe to the patreon for the charlie kaufman premium podcast where paris uh, shits on anomalisa the cough talk for only 99 dollars a month <laughs> the cough talk huge we could do a whole a whole coffee talk <laughs> cough mini talk now, i will i will say back to matt's number one i really wanted to get the shining on the list at nine or ten but sam i'm glad i held off because we needed 2001 on the list and we couldn't double dip that that was one of the movies i was considering putting in at number eight but I didn't want to double dip filmmakers. So yeah. I couldn't do it. I knew 2001. As soon as I drew number one, I knew it had to be here. It's every time I watch it, I'm I'm blown away. I've seen it like six or seven times. And every time I'm like, now, how the fuck was this movie made? You if know? we could swap out our only horror film on the list for The Shining, I'd be okay with that. For Halloween? <laughs> I would no, swap out, get out. out for Halloween. That would be huge. Oh, um, no, no, no. Parasite, by the way, is also on the list. Also, stop swapping out my picks, you two. <laughs> Fuck Listen, you. If we could swap out Parasite, get I out, haven't and even Mulholland seen Drive, most that of would your be picks. Huge. Okay, 2001 <laughs> is even on my list. I cannot stress this enough. Stop shitting on my picks. You it's use your vetoes. List you ate your poop. Two, four, and seven. <laughs> No, no, no. I, Do you guys even beautiful. want me on these episodes anymore? No, Jesus no, 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 Christ. No, no, no. I'm a guest. I am a guest. I am a guest. We love it here. Do I wish Mulholland uh, Drive was number two? Yeah. That's kind of where I was hoping it was going to end up, but, you know. I was never going to put Mulholland Drive, but you're lucky I even put it on, I put it on my list. I thought Damn. you loved it. I thought you loved it, Paris. I, I do we love the it. Same page these then. are all, this is why this was, I was surprised, this is why this has been our least argued about list, and I'm kind of upset that y'all are shitting on me. No, I think this is a good list. No. It's because all, everything that was in my top nine was all fives. Like these are all good movies. Like yes, even the ones that I haven't seen that you guys like talked about. Like I've heard about them a million times. These are all quality movies. Like they wouldn't be quality movies if they weren't on. Like coming from this list, it's not like we're coming out of left field picking you know the nice guys or whatever the fuck. Oh my like, god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. You know uh, what I mean? Like it's it's these are all quality movies. It's just where we rank them. And, you know, I'm just saying don't shit on me, okay? No, no. It's it's all it's all fun and games. Uh mm. I think it's a great list. I think it means <laughs> a little sci-fi heavy and you did go with two more recent films, but I would I mean me personally I love more recent sci-fi. I'd rather have Parasite 
and Get Out over Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So, honestly, same. That was also on my list. It's a great movie, but a little forgettable, I would say. Absolutely not. One of the most oh. beautiful films oh. I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Way more yeah, memorable it's... than Parasite or Get Out. Mm, I that's think debatable. The audience would say differently. I think most people would think differently. I know like, film like, fans cream over Portrait. But yeah, yeah culture impact, good. parasite, and get out below portrait. Yeah, out. okay, like like that's fair. not quality, not quality necessarily, but like portrait of a lady on fire was good. It was beautiful, great. But yeah, cultural impact, get out and parasite, fucking huge. For if the record, talking, if we're talking cultural impact, our top five films are super huge. For the record, get out is number ninety eight on the list, the sight and sound <laughs> list. Parasite is number 93. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is number 30 on the list. So Yeah, and Do the Right Thing is 24 and Blade Runner is 58. Like, who fucking cares? That's not... Stop shitting on my picks. I'm not... What, did I not make myself clear enough? All I'm saying is... Portrait of a Lady on Fire rules. (laughs) Jesus H Christ. All right. All right. Guys, let's, uh, let's I'm done. <laughs> let's uh do a little recap. Yeah. Go ahead. From the bottom. Number 10, Rear Window. Number 9, Blade Runner. Number 8, Stalker. Number 7, Mulholland Drive. Number 6, Do the Right Thing. Number 5, Citizen Kane. Number 4, Get Out. Number 3, Taxi Driver. Number 2, Parasite. And number 1, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty sick list. Love it. But For the most part. Myself, it could have been worse. Is it perfect? No. Is it exactly how I thought it would go down? No, but I mean, there's no way it was going to go down the way I imagined it in my head. But Paris, for the record, just to make you feel better, not that you needed this, but uh, I prefer your picks over Matt's because Matt, picked stalker and citizen kane and those are probably my two least favorite films on this list <laughs> really mm-hmm. that does make me feel a little bit better travis thank you no problem. See, the other films that are on this list are ones that i would have picked but chose not to like do the right thing like taxi driver those are Out both of curiosity because um, this one was on my oh, I, like, I killed this draft blade runner rear window <laughs> do the right thing taxi driver like Come on. I would say in order. That's probably a good. Yeah, that's probably good. Um, out of curiosity, because uh, this made my like personal starting off list. Uh, where would you guys rank like Seven Samurai? Never seen it. I have seen it. I do like it a lot, but it wasn't even in contention for me. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I guess we could talk about a couple movies that maybe missed the list that we wanted on here. The two for me would be. Sunset Boulevard, thought about sneaking in at the bottom. And then um, Godfather, I thought maybe I would have space for it or maybe someone else would pick it. But I guess we just don't like gangster mob flicks. I, yeah, that we cannot be true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not represented on this list. so We will do a draft eventually of gangster mob flicks specifically. Ooh, we so we can show some appreciation for a top genre. Um, what is Sunset Boulevard? I, I'm not sure if I even know what that is. Billy Wilder classic. classic. 
Yeah. Seriously. I've never can't actually get, seen it, but. Can't get more classic <laughs> than that, to be honest. Matt, you got to watch it. You well, love Citizen it. Kane is more classic. You would love Sunset that, Boulevard. Oh, I'm sure I would. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I've watched it more than once. So. I just haven't made the time for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sunset Boulevard's very it's cool. It's great. I would have. So. If we were going based off my personal ranking, The Shining would have been here, but I wasn't gonna, you know, I wasn't gonna double dip Kubrick. The Shindig, Goodfellas, Goodfellas, Jesus, Goodfellas, obviously. Goodfellas, Goodfellas is how it's pronounced. (laughs) That would have been here for sure. Um, If I if I was gonna do a troll pick, it probably (laughs) it probably would have been meshes of the afternoon. Shut. Your the 14 no. minute uh, short film by <laughs> Maya Dern, uh, but it was number 16 on. Uh, so Science here's the Alice. thing: it, it it might technically be on their list, but I know for this podcast, shorts do not count as movies. Yeah, right. Would have been a troll. We don't pick. talk about shorts. We don't acknowledge shorts. It wouldn't even have been able to be a pick. That's what I'm saying. Like okay. I don't think that would have been a troll pick. I think now a that. true troll pick would have been. <laughs> you said troll. But is this short film actually huge? Oh, absolutely! It's one okay. of the I I saw it when <laughs> well, I was it's not a taking film pick. classes, and but d- is it on my top one hundred? No, because it's a short film. But right. Sight and Sound included it, so you know. I don't like, like a, it. A half I, troll pick. I wouldn't have done it because I, I don't like a short film being in. But you also, know. can I just yeah. say on the Sight and Sound list, are like half of them French? Like I don't. I was looking through the list and I was like. Laton de what? Like, what are we even looking at here? I don't understand. There's a nine and a half hour Holocaust documentary on the list, if mm-hmm. you're intrigued. Like, that's not, that shouldn't be, uh, like, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was looking at this list and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, these are not the best movies of all time. I think a lot of the ones that y'all picked should are like the classic, critically acclaimed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like... These movies are not. They, these are some like critics it, jacking each other off, coming in each other's faces. This kind list of is try. You know hard. what I mean? It's a little yeah, too like try it's hard. it's pretentious. It's try hard. Like it's come in the face. It's just <laughs> it's Hell like yeah. I, I was a little bit, uh, you know, whatever. Oh, sorry guys, sorry. Yep. Uh, film people trying to mic drop again. <laughs> do oh, tend sorry. to be they like come in their face so. I mean, I know um, you both. John Dealman but... loves coming. So, <laughs> full disclosure, that is what I was saving my veto for. Was John Dealman? I oh, wasn't no, sure I wasn't if you were going to try that. it. No, okay. no, no. Sight and Sound did it for us. We didn't have to do it too. <laughs> That's that is the one I was waiting to see. I I wasn't sure if you were going to pull that um, or not, and I was going to veto surprised. that with my I was whole a soul. Surprised. Apocalypse Now didn't come up on either of y'all's lists. Uh, it's not even, it's like maybe top five <laughs> war movie for me. Not even, it's not even in the conversation. Travis, you were giggling like a damn schoolgirl. What no, was Matt, that about? Just Matt's reaction to it. <laughs> I, I would more so just say that there's better Coppola picks than Apocalypse Now. Like, I lo- like Bram Stoker's Dracula. No, yeah. Dracula, no seriously, Dracula or The Godfather. Dracula is not on this list, nor should it be. 
we cannot get into this again. No, he just oh, but if it he just if it Coppola. was though, you know, Matt and I would have been fucking. Oh no no no! I was just one. looking at the list and and seeing what else like like stuff I haven't seen, but I was kind of surprised like didn't come up or whatever. Yeah, I like it. I like Apocalypse Now, but I mean, so do I. It's, it's not just, one uh, that I that I particularly advocate for. I love war films, but it's it's not even one of my favorites. Um, it's a little I don't know, a little bloated and a little like too like esoteric it's just i don't know so this might be a little bit funky but some i had kind of a random idea for a a future draft is that we can only take picks from each other's watched list or from each other's like top 100 or something um and then make a top list of that but we can't choose like any picks that are on our own list something like that that would be interesting but there's a lot of overlap so are you saying you can only pick movies does it have to be a movie that you've seen but you wouldn't personally consider one of your favorites or do you mean movies you haven't seen from other people's lists just based on like vibes and and yeah i don't know i was thinking more like have have vibe draft That would be interesting. That's not necessarily what I was thinking, but um, it was a very freshly formed concept like one second ago. But I was mostly thinking like (laughs) stuff like if I've seen a movie that's not on my top list, but it is on yours and vice versa. And maybe do like top 50 instead of top 100 to make it a little bit easier because y'all would have a lot more overlap. So I don't know. It's not I'm not saying we should do that. It was just a thought. I think a vibe draft would be fun. It'd be more like silly goofy, but I like the concept of a vibe draft. Maybe we workshop it mm-hmm. to be something <laughs> like not that that's a bad idea, but it like that's that sounds hard because <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, that's we why don't... I said like more. That would be more like I feel like a vibe draft would have to be just like pure silly goofy. Like we're not taking anything too seriously on that one because. Mm. If it has to be movies we haven't seen, pure vibes, like, that is a wild pick. Right. Unseen vibes would be pretty fun, I think. But <laughs> Behind the curtain vibes. <laughs> All right. I think we should wrap this up. You guys agree? Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the review and the draft. I hope the exercise is enjoyable. For the listeners, uh, if you have strong opinions, let us know. Send us an email, cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. They're fun to do. I love doing them. But, you know, if they're not fun to listen to, let us know. Otherwise, we're just going to keep sprinkling in these drafts because I think they're a lot of fun. But, you know, we do it I for agree. the listeners. I agree, Matt. So let us know. Me too. If you have Except strong feelings. the part... Where you said we do it for the listeners, because that's definitely not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, but I mean, if if we got like we if all of a sudden we got a bunch of outreach, like no, I love the show, stop doing those, you know, like I would, I would say, like, subscribe to the Patreon for ninety nine dollars a month, then we'll take your opinion seriously. Right. If you're not giving us money, then fuck you. <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> that's just capitalism, baby. Hell yeah. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. That was a fun one. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. We're, we're approaching end of the year. Um, so there's going to be some cramming. We got Avatar coming yeah, what out. What are we doing? Aliens? We, we got to do, Av- do Avatar. Yeah. yeah. 
Got to do Avatar. Still want to see Fablemans. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple others. Yeah, the whale. Duh. Oh, yeah. Of course. Whale is going to be huge. Maybe a whale Avatar double feature. Plus, we got the digest. The, the whale of water. The whale of water. It's huge. See, you've already you've already the written way of title. the water. The whale of water. The the mm. way, but spelled way whale w a y l e. The whale of water. Perfect. <laughs> That's that gonna be huge. Sounds great. All right. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening. That's gonna do it. Thank you. Bye. No sign-offs, huh? <laughs> nope. I was waiting for Travis. <laughs>